The Other Side podcast mission is to discuss important cultural and social issues relating to race, culture, gender, and equality. Welcome. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of The Other Side Podcast. I'm Scott Kirk, and today I'll be speaking with Deborah Staples, a kindergarten teacher at East Linden Elementary School. Ms. Staples, thank you for joining me today. I'm glad I could be here with you today. I'm really excited about that. Over the last year with COVID-19, there's just been a lot of challenges in terms of education, especially of children, because initially a lot of schools were totally remote learning. A year later to COVID-19, for a lot of school districts, it's a blended model where they the students are in the classroom part of the week and then they're at home part of the week. A lot of times we hear about the parents, we hear about the challenges from the students. What has this last year been like with COVID-19 for you as an educator? Well, as an educator, it has had some really positives and there's been some negative things as well, you know, like with anything when there's a change. But one thing that I can say during this time, it's really helped us build relationships with the parents. And and I, I'm grateful for that because I feel like even though we've had to do, you know, like the remote learning, we were able to see inside their homes and see some of the things that the parents, you know, have to deal with the students. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for that part of it. Just trying to get an idea of where they're at, where their struggles are at. And that was challenging at first. And then, we, you know, we had a lot of parents that just didn't know how to use technology. So that was a that was a big concern right there. Mm-hmm. Not just for them, even for myself. I've been teaching for like over 22 years and learning all the different platforms. That was kind of challenging for me as an educator, but I'm just really grateful that between, I mean, myself and the students, we were, and the parents, we were able to just try to, you know, walk through some things. So it has been a challenge, but we are making gains. We're learning together. Together. Currently, you are on a blended model. Yes. How many days a week are they actually in the classroom? Well, right now we have, I teach kindergarten, as you know, and they are in, I have a, a cohort A that comes on Monday and Tuesday. So mm-hmm. actually two days a week. And then I have a cohort B that comes on Thursdays and Fridays. So the students are actually only in the school two days a week. Did you miss not physically being in the classroom with them? Yes, I do. I really think for me being in the classroom with them, I can help them to stay more focused and, you know, like engage in a lot of learning. I'm I'm really a a believer of hands on learning. Mm -hmm. And by them being at home, I didn't have the type of I'm just going to say accessibility to them that I would love to have. I'm the Mm -hmm. type of teacher that's really a touchy you know, huggy, Philly person and, the, and mm-hmm. their children are the same way. So I do. I really felt like it was like a disadvantage for some of them being at home. And I think that they probably would do much better if they were in the classroom with their teacher. So you are one of the teachers that believes that to some degree it's detrimental for kids to only be learning remotely. No, there definitely is a difference because when you think about them being in the classroom with the teacher, like I said, there is a lot of engagement. There's a lot of hands on. We can really see where the, you know, where the children are at, the areas mm-hmm. where they're struggling. And we could spend more time, you know, gauging where we need to conduct like our our whole group instruction. But mm-hmm. when they're at home and they're missing out on, I'm just going to say just socialization skills with their peers 
you know, even their relationship with me as a teacher, that's, that's very challenging for them. And I know that what I've noticed at home, sometimes the parents, they're overwhelmed because they, they may not know how to teach their children the way we as teachers do. And that that's very frustrating, you mm-hmm. know, for them and for the child. So I really um, believe that they should be, it would be great if they could be in the school building with the teachers. I mean, honestly, that's just how I feel about that. I just think um, it would give them a better opportunity to learn more and they'll be able to just get a, a understanding of just like with just the day-to-day routines, because mm-hmm. when they're at home, that's difficult. Even right. though we have routines online, it's not the same as being in the classroom. Yeah. Did you personally have any concerns about going back to the classroom? Were you worried about contracting the, the virus yourself? Honestly, I was very concerned. I teach kindergarten. Um, sometimes they're not very good at self-care. So there <laughs> yeah. are a lot of things that... Even though I'm their teacher, I still feel like I'm their parent as well, because there's some things that they just have not mastered on doing. If it's, you know, wiping their nose correctly, even when they Mm -hmm. go to the bathroom, hand washing, all of those things. So we focus a lot on that in the classroom right now. And and that takes away from the instructional time because I have to make sure they're safe and they're clean. So that was one of my reservations about, you know, coming back. But. I am really glad. You know, we're doing a really good job of just practicing uh, safety in the classroom, like, you know, good precautions on how we can stay safe concerning mm-hmm. the, you know, the pandemic and all of that. Can you describe for me how things have changed? Some of the, the practices and routines that have been put into place to keep them safe. Are there desks? Do they have to be spaced six feet apart or do you guys have those uh, clear plastic dividers kind of give us an idea of what what it's actually like in the school? All right. Well, in the school as a whole, there are um, markers. They're all over the floor, like signs. So let the, so the students know mm-hmm. about staying six feet apart. And it's so funny because you hear teachers all the time will say, stay on the apple, stay on the apple, stay on the <laughs> apple, because these apples that are on the floor they're six feet apart and that those okay. are like um, labels. So the children to know where to stand. Mm-hmm. And as a building, as a whole, we do have like, as far as the hand washing um, dispensers, you know, for them to use those. And again, six feet apart bathrooms, same thing. Everything is six feet apart. So we can ensure, you know, like the safety of the students um, as far as like hygiene, we don't use the water fountains. Our district blessed us where they brought in cases of water. So mm-hmm. in case students want water during the day, they can have that. Mm-hmm. Um, the typical setup in most of our, really all of our classrooms, the desks are six feet apart. And I love the fact that the uh, custodians have put X's on the floors because the kids were scooting the desks all over the place. So, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to be next to their friends and we have to mm-hmm. keep, you know, letting them know we have to stay six feet apart. So the desks are spaced out six feet apart. We do have the um, dividers that are around the desks. Also, we have uh, hand sanitizer. We have um, disinfectant wipes that we can use like every time after transition. You know, the kids, they could clean their desks or we could clean it, which is really good. We have like gloves all over. I mean, there's a lot of gloves. Just a lot of um, safety measures have been put in place to help us with um, keeping the kids safe and healthy. So... Uh, do the kids, do they wear their mask all day yeah. in the classroom? 
Yes, all day, all day. How's that been trying to to get kindergartners to keep their masks on? <laughs> oh my! I think on the average, I probably say keep your mask on like every three minutes, honestly. Because as soon as I start talking to them or ask them a question, the first thing they want to do is pull the mask down and start talking. So we spend a lot of time talking about how important it is to keep the mask on and keep it above your nose. And then, you know, and we do have extra masks in our class that our nurse has given us. The Mm -hmm. school has provided so we can help the students in case they chew the mask up because we have some that chew them up and lose them. So I'm just they're kindergartners. Keeping the mask on has been a challenge. And I'm not going to say it just for my classroom. I think some of the other teachers have shared. We have to just keep reminding them that it's, you know, a way to be safe. So, yeah. yes, that, that has been a challenge for some of the students, especially five-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, of, of course. How do you think the kids are processing this? They're so young. Do you think they understand what's going on? Do they understand why these safety measures are necessary? You know, well, one thing I can honestly say is I think they've had to deal with it, you know, for a long time since the COVID started, you know, as mm-hmm. far as wearing a mask. And what we have done as educators, I know at our school, when they came back, we show videos and they got some really, really neat kid friendly videos about why they should wear the mask, mm-hmm. um, cartoons that talk about wearing the mask. And that's helped um, our, I know for my grade level, it's helped them out a lot. And then, you know, we talk about, you know, safety. We talk about, you know, germs and why it's so important that we wash our hands. And even when you cough in your mask, we talk about those things, you know, so mm-hmm. um we spend, you know, a lot of times just discussing it and I let them share how they feel because some of them have told me that I can't breathe in the mass mistakes. Mm-hmm. I just can't breathe. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about, you know, different things we can do to help them, you know, breathe better and how important it's just to relax and it's a way to keep us safe. So it, it's been a little tough for them, but it's getting better. Yeah. Day by day. Yeah. What would you say the biggest challenge is right now for you? One of the biggest challenges for me, I think for teaching the five-year-olds in the school building is just trying to get them to stay six feet apart. Yeah, That is really tough for them because they want to talk to their friends. They mm-hmm. want to play with each other. They want to go out for recess, you know, and play with each other. And I spent a lot of time explaining why that has been one of the challenges are they having recess now? And if they're not, when recess starts, how do you how what's the plan for handle? Because how are you going to keep kids separated when they're outside on the playground during recess? All right. Well, the answer to your first question, we are having recess now okay. in the classroom. And oh, what in I, the classroom. Yeah, we, we do in the classroom. And what's so um, neat about that, what we have done at our school, we have purchased, I mean, um, baggies, gallon size baggies. And mm-hmm. we have put items in there like they might have Play-Doh in there, um, Play-Doh cookie cutters in the baggie, Legos in the baggie, um, just some manipulatives, different things that they can do that are in a, a gallon size baggie. And I, okay. my students have two baggies and I mm-hmm. put their names on them. So then at recess time, they know that that is their baggie to pull out for them to have something to play with during recess time. And we talk about how we're not allowed to share the mm-hmm. toy. So that's why their names, everything in our classroom is labeled. They have their own um, supply bag that we have labeled so they mm-hmm. don't share their supplies. And we've talked about 
why we can't share our supply. So one way to handle the recess, the indoors so far, that's what we've been doing. And I use a smart board a lot. We do a lot of um, like uh, brain breaks and and dance dance activities in the classroom during recess. So that helps burn off energy. So that's mm-hmm. what we've been doing for the inside. And it's been working, you know, pretty well, honestly. They're really enjoying that. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, especially when I say, you know, if we're going to run around the room, you have to mm-hmm. run around your desk and stay six <laughs> right in your area. So uh-huh. they understand because I modeled it. So they know how to do it. And mm-hmm. they're doing pretty well with that. And I think the baggie having the toys in there for them to play with, that's been a big hit for them as well. Now, as far as outdoors. Mm-hmm. I know there's been some um, conversation with our staff and our, you know, our principal about how we're going to handle that when we go outside. There's been discussion about we know that they're not allowed on equipment, for one thing. So we've talked about, you know, even if, again, if they get another baggie and if it has chalk in it where they can draw on the outside, you know, on the playground, that's mm-hmm. something they can do for fun. Even if the teachers bring in, like I'm thinking about bringing in my Bluetooth speaker and I can play that outside or mm-hmm. I can make sure the kids are six feet apart and they can do dancing and things like that. So we have been giving it a lot of thoughts, you know, what we're going to do once they're able to go outside and play. But it will not be as many students out on the playground as before. We've been pretty much putting the schedule together on how recess is going to, you know, be conveyed and, and what we're going to do as uh, recess monitors, too. So it's I think it's going to work out pretty well. OK. What would you say to any parents out there that are worried about how their kids have been affected, how their education has been affected over the last year. Should they be concerned? Do you think the kids are ultimately going to be able to recover and bounce back from this? Just what are your thoughts? My thoughts are, I mean, I'm a parent and a grandparent too, and I have grandchildren that are in schools, Columbus City Schools, Canal Schools. I mean, I have grandkids in all you know different districts. And even as an educator and as a parent, and a grandparent, I, one thing I want to say is we just have to be patient with one another because this is something that happened that no one expected. We, we didn't know that this was going to happen to the families and to the whole educational system, you know, even as, to the world as a whole. And what I would say is just be patient with what the school administration is trying to do to keep their child moving forward with their academics. Because we got to realize, I mean, honestly, the kids have been traumatized by this as well. Because when you think about going to school every day, being able to be with your friends, you know, riding on a school bus or even walking to school with your friends, you got to think their whole world has been turned upside down. And even the parents, they have had to try to figure out ways how they're going to support their families you know, because some of them weren't able to go back to work. It was really heart wrenching. Some of the parents that share with me, you know, Miss Staples, I can't work. I need to stay at home with my child because there's no one here to help them with their learning when they were on remote learning. I mean, it's just it's been a lot. So I would say to to the parents, just be patient. Take your time. Do what you can do and try not to be so hard on yourself. We all know that children are resilient. We know mm-hmm. that. They, mm-hmm. they, they'll be able to, I believe they'll be able to bounce back. It may not be as quick as, you know, we would want them to, but they're going to be able to eventually, you know, catch up in their academics. But it's just going to take some time. This has been a learning curve, not just for us as educators, but we have to always remember that 
this has been a learning curve for parents because parents mm-hmm. didn't go to school to be teachers. Some of them, you know, they haven't even attended school, you know, colleges to get degrees in that. So they're at home doing the best their ki- they can with their children, just like we are at the school trying to do the best we can. But I really honestly believe with time, with time, we will get back to the place where we would love to see them at. It may not be where we were at over a year ago before all this happened, but we're going to we're going to make some gains. I believe that. What has been the bright spot for you during all of this? The bright spot for me, honestly, and I'm just going to say what I honestly feel is that even though the students have had to be at home and we've had to do um, remote learning, you know, are blended, you know what I'm saying, where we had to do some days they're at home and some days they're, they're with us. I feel blessed that we were all able to see inside of their homes and, you know, be able to understand some of the challenges that the parents have, the children mm-hmm. have, their siblings have with them. You know, I just feel like so then mm-hmm. even as educators, as administrators, we could get a better feel for what some of these parents and these children are going through. So that mm-hmm. was kind of hard for me because I felt like, you know, there are so many of us as educators and administrators, you know, just people in general that care about these students learning mm-hmm. and really wish that you could do more. You know, mm-hmm. when you see the challenges, you and that's what's hard for me. I just wish there was more that I can do to help them with their education and help their parents. You know, we provide them with resources, but some of them, you know, they just need more and they really honestly need us to just understand and be patient with them and, you know, have a listening ear. So for me, the hardest thing, one of the hardest things, because I'm a caring person like you and so many others, just being able to wish I could wave a magic wand and just make things better for every every family. That's been really difficult for me. I know I spent a lot of time when the pandemic for you know when it first started, we were there were teachers that were at our schools. We were at my school, we were making packets, you know, telling the parents if you need to come between the hours of eight and five, eight and four, we'd be at the school, pull up in your car, you know, we run out giving them a packet of work, you know, because mm-hmm. some parents were saying, we're not I'm not really good, you know, with technology. What am I going to do? I don't have a hotspot. I don't have internet. I can't afford this. What can I do? And what we did, we made the packets. Our principal gave us permission, you know, to make packets for them. And they came by and they said it really, really helped them because they were able to sit down and have hands-on material that Mm -hmm. they knew they could do with their child if they didn't have any technology devices at home. So that was tough at first, you know, you want to meet the needs of all of your students, the best way you know how, you know, that was, that was kind of tough, but I'm glad, like I said, we're, we're making progress. I just like to say that I just honestly believe that building a relationship with the parents and as educators, just trying to really understand where they're at is just so essential. I mean, we could talk about academics all day long, but if we really you know, open up our hearts and our minds and just really think about the trauma that these families have been through. I think that would give us a greater insight on how to, you know, even teach in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And even when we, 
you know, contact them at home if the if the child hasn't been at school, at least hear them out, hear what's going on in those families. And, you know, so then that way we can better help them, you know, educate their children, because before they can focus on teaching their child, they need to feel good about what's going on with them, you know? Mm -hmm. So to me, I just think that, you know, just trying to build a relationship with them is just one of the key things, you know, before we can just move forward and and trying to educate the children, because we got to educate the parents first and give them the resources that they need to deal with, you know, if it's blended learning, if it's remote learning, if we're using the words hybrid, because some of them have said, I don't even know what you're talking about. So we got to be able to educate them so that that way they can understand what's going on and just stay open minded as educators. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Staples, for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. You've definitely given me a much better perspective on on what it's been like for, for you as an educator and other teachers and educators all over the country and what it's been like for the parents and the students. So I think our listeners really need to hear that because I think that's it's one of the uh, perspectives that we don't often hear in terms of this pandemic. So thank you so much for coming on. And for everybody else out there, thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget, we love to hear from our listeners. So check us out on our Facebook page at Facebook slash group slash Other Side Podcast. Or you can always hit us up on Twitter at Other Side underscore POD. So until the next time, try to see things from the other side. Thanks. Thanks.